0: Hello and welcome to the PBP. My name is Adam Richardson. I'm the editor of Pod Bible Magazine. And just before I press record, decided I'd refer to this podcast as the PBP. Is it cool? Does it sound cool? Is it going to stick? No, it's the Pod Bible Podcast. Uh, why did I try and be hip? Stupid. I should probably start again, but I'm not going to. Welcome to the Pod Bible Podcast. My name is Adam Richardson. I'm the editor of the magazine and uh, your host for the Pod Bible Podcast. Although Stu Whiffin is making a return today, um, and we have a brand new host. A brand new interviewer, somebody else from Pod Bible, is getting in on the act uh, today, uh, and you're going to hear them very soon. Before we get to the guests, I should explain, this one is a little bit different. Usually, we have podcasters talking about their show, and then we follow that up with two recommendations. Today, we've just got podcasters talking about their shows. So we've got no recommendations apart from the people who make their own shows recommending them to you and telling us all about them and why they're great. So we're going to get to that very shortly. Before we do that, I should remind you that the brand new Pod Bible Magazine issue 22 is out right now and it features Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo. Myself and Scroobius Pip got to have a chat with those guys on video um, a little while ago now, but you can check it out at podbiblemag.com or on our YouTube. If you just search Pod Bible on YouTube, um, you have the full conversation there. Always a pleasure to speak to them. I've been lucky enough to speak to Simon Mayo a couple of times now. He's a broadcasting legend. And of course, Mark Kermode is wonderful as well. So it's amazing. It's been a pleasure to have them on our magazine. And we're very excited. And work has just begun on the brand new magazine, uh, issue 23, which is out in October. Don't worry about that, though. We'll get that sorted. And you can go and read the whole back catalogue at podbiblemag.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. Um, we are going to kick things off with a chat that Stu Whiffin had with Laura Checkley and Hannah Chiswick, who are the hosts of the Proper Class podcast.
1: Hannah, Laura, tell me all about your podcast, please. <laughs>
2: Go on, Han. Well, it's uh, it's called the Proper Class Podcast. We like a title, so <laughs> <laughs> we sort of simultaneously thought of the title. And uh, me and Law have been uh, we met doing theatre together years ago, and quickly became like best mates. Very quickly became best mates. And uh, theatre is a a brilliant thing. We both love it. Law started in theatre. I still am a theatre director. But it's definitely still a very middle-class pursuit. And so as two, like, working-class women in theatre, we spoke about class a lot, I think. I think we just naturally spoke about class a lot. We'd often find ourselves being the only women who spoke the way that we did in the rooms that we were in. And then, so over the years, we've spoken about it a lot. And then you read an article, didn't you, Law, that, Yeah, I I
3: don't ask you where it was from. I can't remember now. But yeah, it said that uh, it it just had like this sort of like clickbait kind of title saying oh something like this. Not quote unquote, but um, uh, working class people spend their life trying to run away from. Their own class was it that for hand was it yeah like, it's yeah, like yeah, trying to escape that it's a lifelong it. thing to escape their working class roots and and yeah and it just it just really got my goat and I phoned her about it and I just said I I, I don't try and escape my roots do you Are you try and escape being working class and she's like no never I'm really proud I'm you know we just had a sort of you know meeting of mine saying I'm so fed up. I think for that was kind of it, really. And I, I sort of said to Han, "Should we do something about it?" And we'd already we'd always sort of said like we wanted to do something talking to working class people, but we didn't know in what capacity that would be. And then we just sort of, and I think lockdown helped actually us go, gave us some time and some space to go, um, should we think of something? And and my biggest thing, and I said to Hannah, is that what I want this to be is not a class bashing, but a celebration of working class. You know, I think quite often there's a negative attachment to being working class, you know. And it's bleak, isn't it? A lot of the ways that working class culture is portrayed is bleak. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I think we just wanted to do something positive with it. And we just wanted to and maybe, you know, along the way, challenge some preconceived ideas of what it was to be middle class and just celebrate it, celebrate someone's success story and then hopefully inspire a few along the way. Um, So it sort of happened quite quickly. You know, we put on Facebook if there's any female working class producers out there. Uh, depressingly only like one or two came back but um, that would like to work with us and yeah and we've we've just made it all sort of happen ourselves and um, we're all it's a labour of love we don't earn any money out of it but we get great joy from it and I tell you what was really interesting just the feedback that we've had and people sort of saying like it's so refreshing to hear working class women on a podcast so sick of hearing the sort of middle class woman on a podcast so we knew a few might listen to it but we didn't really think there'd be such a you know it feels like engagement with it uh, yeah it it would resonate so much I guess yeah I feel like some people feel a bit starved of it and there is lots of working class things about but yeah so it just sort of took us by surprise that it would be so sort of it would re- resonate so much, I guess.
1: I think there's something really nice. I mean, is it is it just people in, in acting that you speak to or is it the creative industries no. like in general? Yeah,
2: no, not even just creative industries. So, for example, a mm. uh, week before last, we had Jess Phillips, MP. Oh, wow. On, um, we've had Lea, uh, Leanne Sanderson, footballer. So, I mean, me and Law, because naturally it, we're in our second series now, we're just about to finish recording our second series, get started on the third in, in a few weeks, hopefully which is amazing. But initially when we started, of course, you know, Law is a comedian and an actress, so she knows a lot of those people. I'm a theatre director. So between us, we know a lot of actors, comedians, writers. So when
3: you're starting out, that was kind of an obvious route of people we knew. who we Yeah, and to get to. people to listen, you need a few big hitters. So naturally, you know, went to Ramesh and Tom Davis and all the comedians yeah. that, you know, I know have a big following. Um, just to go, just to bring a bit of. a get going, home, really. And, yeah, and also they're amazing to talk to. But yeah, naturally that has happened a lot. It's it, the first series, uh, and a lot of the second series is sort of kind Canadians of of right, people. Yeah, we know because you know, podcasts people are doing it for free, aren't they? And they've just got yeah. to care about the subject matter. And uh, when we messaged, when we sent a, an email to Jess Phillips, uh, PA, we didn't. We we just thought, well, she's either going to dig this or she isn't, and. And she did, and she cared loads about it, and she had a lovely time, and yeah, we couldn't believe our luck when she said yes, I'll be honest. But it's getting easier,
2: because now we've got, like... No, truth is, we're at the end of our second series. We are much better uh, than we were when we started. Yeah, but do you not
1: think that there's something nice about that? I I, I mean... I'm a podcaster. I've got no background in in anything as a broadcast in any way, shape, or form. And I listen back to some of like my early podcasts, and I, and I'm uh, um uh, all over the place. But I quite like the fact that it's quite punk podcasting, isn't it? There's no Yay. rules. It's quite DIY. You can just press record. Anyone can do it. Yeah, um, and
3: I think we learned that. I think for me as an actor, like I was like, oh no, let's you know edit the fuck out of it. And sorry, can I swear? So, yeah,
1: of course. Um,
3: <laughs> Because you know, as as an actor, like I I need everything to be perfect and just as. But um, as time's gone on, I've realised that what really resonates with people is—is it feeling like we're sat around having a cup of tea and a chat to like-minded people and friends. Yeah, I feel what's been really nice as well is early on. I think we edited ourselves out
2: a lot. Yeah, like oh, we're a bit stumbly here, or that doesn't sound. Oh, I'm talking about myself here. Yeah, (laughs) and people started like sending little messages in and tweeting us a lot, and we got quite a lot of industry feedback and stuff not that we were seeking it, it just started to happen. And people are going, oh, we really love listening to the two of you talk. Like you're really warm together and, you know, we quite like each other. And so we, we we got a bit more confident in that and a bit more relaxed and a bit less structured. And it is literally like we're doing now. We just sit and talk to our guests and it is really relaxed. And, uh, and, and it's hopefully sort of like, we always wanted to say, like, you know, it's like you're having a cup of tea with a mate was the vibe that we wanted. So hopefully that's starting to feel like that now.
1: You've mentioned a lot of amazing guests. If people listen to this podcast and they're yet to check out the podcast and you had to, I'm going to ask you to pick your favourite child now. And you you had to say, look, this episode, when we finished it, we both thought, God, that was perfect. And I'm not suggesting that's taking anything away from the rest of them. By all means, say start at the very beginning and work your way through. But if you feel there's one episode that you think, do you know what? If you're going to give it a go, go here first because this really captures it.
3: Uh, we actually just did it. Um, uh, a great friend of mine, writer, recent BAFTA winner, Kaylee Llewellyn, who wrote In My Skin. It's, um, it's a true depiction of her life in my skin. And she got a BAFTA, like two BAFTAs for it, Best Drama and Best Writer. And for me, and I said this uh, when we were recording the podcast, for me, she's sort of the epitome of working class, done good, um, like what she had I mean and we said this on the podcast like she she really really without spoiling the podcast I want people to listen she really came from sort of beyond nothing a very 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 tough background not even the fact that she didn't really have any money or prospects or a way of Probably getting to where she is yeah. uh, um and and she is just one a BAFTA I mean I it's an emotional listen um and it's an inspiring one for any young mm. creative out there, writer, performer, whatever, for anyone youngster that wants to that's having a difficult time and thinks they're stuck. It's just for me like that you it was it was Vicky McClaw's ep before that, but uh Kaylee came in and just yeah, blew it out of the water. It was uh, yeah, for me that was like this is exactly what i wanted our podcast to be it's funny and it's and it's yeah and it's emotional and all of that Hannah? how about you, plan <laughs> I, I i would agree actually but it, it, as a sort of second
2: favorite child vicky McClure's is amazing but for me it was just a huge huge moment to have jess phillips on because when we first spoke about doing the podcast she was right up there for me because if in any way it's sort of a thing to hear me and law with our accents talking on a podcast for me, hearing Jess Phillips speaking with our accent, well, she's a brummy, but a working-class accent, in the Houses of Parliament and the grief that she gets from the opposition, particularly the male opposition, you know, she lives with constant threats, hundreds yeah. a week of sexual violence. Uh, uh, she, lives with, she lives with hundreds of threats, a week of death, whenever she tries to sort of, like, raise the profile of, like, particularly protecting young women and girls against domestic violence and sexual violence. Uh, And she's really bloody funny at the same time. She's really funny. She is still (laughs) herself. She's absolutely connected to where she grew up. She still lives there. And I just think to really maintain your roots in that way and, and be a national figure. uh, She's a huge inspiration to me. So I'd agree with Law, but I'd throw Jess Phillips in there as
3: well. Jess Phillips, at PM, Whoa. hundred percent.
1: And moving forward, you say there's another series uh, going to be recorded soon. Live shows, you considered that?
3: We like, just did our first we one. Just, oh, yeah. did you? Yeah, yeah. So let's say it all happened by mistake. We weren't really ready, in all honesty, but it went all right. So it was we, quality. I loved we it. We got approached, yeah, by uh, Hoxton Hall. They do a working class season. And uh, someone working there had come across our podcast and passed it on to the woman that ran this working class season. She said, do you want to come on and have a chat? Initially, it was like just a panel chat talking about being working class in the podcast. We went, better still, we'll do a live one for you. We were like, just, just go for it. Um, and yeah, and it happened. And um, and that's how we kick off series two, actually, with um, stand-up comedian uh, Darren Harriet.
1: Wonderful. So did you get a bit of a flavour for that? Can I do some more? Loved it.
3: It was brilliant.
2: Hannah was like, we should do this every week. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like being down, do you know what it felt like? There was loads of working class people in the audience and it felt like I've got a real beef about, we often talk about beef of the week because I've always got beef about something, but I've got real beef about the fact that so much working class culture, which was like live working class culture, is now all moved online. Or or onto, you know, television. If you think about like old working men's clubs and stuff where we had Les Dennis on as a a guest, that's how he started out. Sue Pollard started out. Those places don't really exist anymore. And instead you've got like Britain's Got Talent and all of those things. And they're all great, but everything's online. Even like old bingo halls and stuff where people meet, mostly it's like online. So it was just amazing to be in a room of like working class people all celebrating a similar thing. And it felt brilliant, didn't it? It was just absolutely. I mean, I'm a theatre director, so I've got no right sitting up on a stage doing anything live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was better than me. I was really nervous. You were very funny. Well, I beg to differ. But um it was brilliant. It was a really warm and lovely uh thing. And I don't think, you know, uh, maybe there's a sort of sometimes I think, oh, we could go up and do like one live one at Edinburgh or something as a as a one off or a it was it was really lovely. It was a brilliant thing. So never say never.
1: I got one last question for you, right? Bucket list guests. Who's who's at the top of the list? Who'd be the dream guest?
3: Oh we know.
2: One Ready, one, one two,
1: each.
3: One each, yeah. but we've got the same. Oh really? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, well, it's Kathy Burke. Come on, oh, the queen. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the queen. It's definitely, definitely Kathy Burke. There's tons that we've got on the bucket list. Like, I'd love, love, love to interview Rylan. I'd love to talk to Rylan. I'd We'd really like to-,
2: to talk to Stacey, like a Solomon, who I think is such an interesting woman. She, she lives at the end so- of me road. Does she? She, Not anymore. Sort it out for us, please. I was going to say, give her a step along.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was so weird. She ended up living with me. Uh, my me, me, me mate's brother, and she was living for years and years and years, and, uh, and they got children together and stuff, and it was so weird doing a school run. It was like, Stacey Solomon's doing a school run. Do you know what, though? She gets, <laughs> she's
2: a really good example for me. She gets such grief. If you watch her, whenever she has a political opinion, people are affronted by it. Mm. Like, she doesn't have the right to have a political opinion, and, you know, I, I'm not home often enough to watch Loose Women, but when I've caught it, and she's on there, she's very erudite, and I get very excited by listening to erudite working class people, because I think, it, in itself, that's quite a political thing Mm. because people just don't expect it and and she gets so much grief for just daring to have a political opinion um i'm a huge fan of hers actually i think she's amazing yeah same Uh, just in case she's listening kathy burke for queen
1: (laughs) 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 um thanks loads for coming on the podcast today uh ladies the podcast is available on all the usual places right yeah it
3: is indeed yeah
1: yeah oh wonderful hannah laura thanks so
0: much
3: oh Oh, thanks thanks for for having us. us
0: I really loved that. Thank you, Stu. Really enjoyed that chat that you guys had um, together. Um, we've got the video going up on uh, our YouTube and on podbiblemag.com if you want to see. But it was a bit longer, bit of a longer chat that one than we usually have with guests. We try and keep things a little tight um, so we can have sort of half hour episodes, but it was just a really good chat. And Stu said afterwards when he was messaging uh, in our Pod Bible WhatsApp group that he just felt like he could have chatted to those guys for ages. Um, So yeah, love the sound of that show. Go and check out the Proper Class podcast. I believe they're in between series now, um, but that means there's loads of episodes for you to go and check out. They've had some great guests, including Scroobius Pip uh, of this parish. So yeah, the Proper Class podcast. Anyway, let's get on to the next one. And I tease the fact that we've got a brand new person getting involved in the Pod Bible podcast. We have Francesca Tarowskis, who is our digital editor um, and has been doing amazing work for Pod Bible over the last few months. Um, and she got the opportunity to have a chat with Sean Douglas, who is lead producer of the National Trust podcast. Um, she forwarded it to me and said, Oh, you know, we've got this opportunity. Do you want to, do you want to do this? And I said, Hey, Fran, you're a podcaster. You've got your own shows. Do you fancy doing it? And Fran jumped to the chance. So here is the conversation between Fran, Pod Bible's digital editor and Sean Douglas from the National Trust podcast.
4: I am very excited because this is my first audio interview for the Pod Bible podcast. And today I'm joined by Sean Douglas, who is the producer and the host, I believe, of the National Trust podcast. Hello, Sean. Hi, how
5: are you doing? Yeah, I am the host now and again, but uh, we have a kind of whole r- array of kind of uh, rangers and architects and curators that, that present as well as myself.
4: Yeah, beautiful. So it is a really varied show and I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about it because I do listen to it every now and then myself. But for listeners who haven't heard the show yet, can you give us a little bit of an insight to the National Trust podcast?
5: Yeah, I like to say it's the podcast that immerses you in art, history and adventure. And it really does all the things that you would get if you came to a National Trust property. So one day we could be talking about an obscure artefact that lives in an archive in one of our buildings. The next we could be on paddleboards, uh, paddleboarding through the Menai Strait in, in, in Wales. Or the next week we could be on the back of uh mountain bikes going bikepacking so it's it's really varied but if you like adventure if you like art if you like history and heritage it's kind of a podcast that packages all of that stuff into one but I think the thing that most people like about our podcast is it's really immersive and I think one of the things we try to do is to make the listener feel like they're there and especially during lockdown we really became kind of one of the only ports that people could kind of go to those places so we've kind of come up with lots of techniques that really immerse people within the podcasts. and a lot of, often we say hear people saying, you know, I felt like I was there, or you know, I can't wait mm-hmm. to get my walking boots on because you know you inspired me to to go and do a walk. So yeah, that's kind of what the National Trust
4: podcast is about. Fantastic, and uh, you also mentioned that it the the show is very much geared towards um, kind of like outdoors and being in the properties, and obviously a lot of the National Trust properties um, or. That's the word I'm looking for, because it's not really properties. It's the areas of land that they they cover as well. Oh, places. Places, yeah, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) It's very very hot today. We were just talking about how I was doing quite well in the heat, but apparently (laughs) the heat is getting to my brain a little bit. But um, a a lot of the places that the National Trust does um, look after... Uh, as you say, you're going out and doing those things in quite adventurous ways. So is that something that you've learned to do from being the producer? Or is that something which you jumped at the chance to be the producer because you're already in that world?
5: Yeah, a bit of both really. I mean, um, before I did the National Trust podcast and I still kind of have a podcast called The Cobb Past. And one of the episodes I did was about a guy who, who had ADHD and to kind of deal with it he decided he was going to walk around the coast of New Zealand and i think it took him 3 years and that the compost was an interview based podcast but that one was that i did in a very narrative style and that kind of sparked my interest in in, in doing narrative podcasts and when i got to the national trust I, i decided to really utilize some of the skill set that i learned from working in television because my background is television um rather than kind of using shotgun mics and things, we started hiring DPA mics. So the kind of um, head-worn mics, you know, that Madonna would wear mm. or something like that. And we put all of our presenters on radio mics. So if they wanted to climb a tree, they could. If they wanted to, you know, go and explore something. So it really gave the presenters freedom to really explore rather than waiting for a producer with a microphone to point it in their direction before they, they spoke. And I think when I first started, one of the things we looked at, we kind of had themes. So we were doing walks, literature, which were kind of authors' homes, and gardens. And I started to think, how do I how do I turn a, a walk into a podcast like do i just replace the studio with the outdoors and i didn't want to do that so you know it would just be a walking interview so we decided we worked out ways of how we could really embrace and engage the listener so one of the things we do is we do a recce before we record so we know exactly what's coming and and where things are going to happen and where the best sounds are and you know where a a presenter will walk over the crest of the hill and, and see a beautiful view and then you know we'll add corresponding music that does that but we also um have two scripts We have a script for the producers and a script for the presenters. And the presenters uh, kind of look at this and and start to get hives because there's massive blank spaces in their script where there's stuff Mm. that we know as producers, but they don't know. So we really want our presenters to be um, experiencing things for the first time on microphone. And I always say, you know, the best way to get a sense of a place is to listen to someone experiencing that place rather than them knowing everything and, and kind of asking questions that they already know. So that's kind of how we did. And then it just expanded really. We started small and then, you know, we've we've kind of started doing these kind of quite epic episodes every year. So last year it was a beginner's guide to, to bikepacking where we did a 36 mile journey, which is not far for bikepacking but when you are carrying your recording kit you've got the producers you've got the presenters you've got the sound man and we're all on bikes uh traveling along you know 30 degree inclines it's um it's quite a feat
4: yes yeah i can imagine i um i'm just thinking about regular bikepacking is uh enough for uh, most people i think so carrying all that equipment's definitely going to add a little bit of a uh <laughs> yeah. a, a challenge to it for sure um, well, you um answered one of my questions there amazingly, which is how how you do work with the um hosts when you are the producer and obviously you are sometimes your host yourself there. Obviously, the the show's been going for quite a while now, and each of the episodes that you do for the most part are standalone episodes. So how do you create a show that feels very unified, but each episode is is quite Unique at the same time,
5: yeah, um that's an interesting question because sometimes people do go none of the episodes are the same. what you know mm-hmm. how how do, how do we create a synergy? And I think you know all of the episodes are about the national trust, but what I like to do is look outside the trust. so a lot of the time ideas, will come from an article that I've read. And I think, okay, so is that something we do within the trust? Is that something we can tap into? So um our epic episode this year has been a beginner's guide to paddleboarding. So you mm-hmm. know, paddleboarding is really big, you know, you go down the middle aisle of know your your local supermarket and, and you'll see a blow-up paddleboard so it's something that's really taken off and it is something that is done at trust places but also you know one of the things we look at is carbon neutral transport to our places our places can be quite far away and the, the kind of incentive you know the logical thing for a lot of people would be to go by car but you could hike to our places you could run to our places you could cycle and there's lots of places that have got electric vehicles but we thought why not create an episode where we paddleboard to an episode to, to a national trust property? So we still incorporated some of the art and history, but actually we incorporated that invent, adventure into the process of, of getting to the property. So you know, I think everything we do is rooted in the national trust, but we just find ways that we can utilize things that are kind of quite zeitgeisted but also engage new audiences because I think sometimes the National Trust does have an image of kind of you know cream teas and and um country homes and that is what we do and we do it really well but there's a lot more to the National Trust and you know the adventure side of 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 what we do and the outdoorsy side of of what the Trust does rarely appeals to a wide audience so as often as we can we really try and tap into that.
4: Uh, What is the most interesting thing that you've learned from doing the podcast so far? i mean i think
5: i've learned a lot about myself to be honest doing doing the podcast i think um an episode that i did last year for black history month was called black hiking um and so i am someone who comes from london i've never you know i went to kind of cornwall as a kid but i'd never really embraced the outdoors until i started working for the national trust and i remember one of my first um that i did i found myself halfway up a mountain in the peak district and it was completely silent and that completely freaked me out you know being from london if everything's completely silent something badly wrong has happened mm. um so it was, it was very interesting to try and get used to um being in the outdoors and i remember i met a guy and i was saying this is really freaky it's too quiet and he was saying oh no i couldn't hack it in london because it's too noisy and i really have learned that um my love for the outdoors has grown with the national trust and it's probably reflected in a lot of the the episodes that we do but i think that's probably the thing that i've learned the most but i think one of the things you know from a production point of view is just how engaging podcasts can be and how how immersive you can get with podcasts and i think um my boss at the National Trust had never listened to a podcast before I came and I got her to listen to one of her podcasts and she was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, it's it's this is a, a brave new world that I've never heard of before. So I think it's just the power of podcasting and how you can really touch people with it, um, you know, and, and really help people transport themselves to, to new places if it's done in the right way.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it also goes that other way as well, and that the National Trust is such a big organisation uh, to have so many fantastic podcasts that you do it really does just help to elevate podcasting which we're always going to be happy about
5: <laughs> yeah and i think one of the great things about the podcast is we do tell stories that you potentially wouldn't hear elsewhere wearing the trust you know mm-hmm. we do dig deep and we do you know we do do podcasts which are sometimes challenging you know we do we do pick up on challenging topics. And I think it's a great way just to, to show the breadth of the organisation. Because as I said, you know, you could just see the National Trust as cream teas and, and country piles, but there's so much breadth through it. You know, the people that we work with are absolutely incredible, you know, super passionate, super knowledgeable. And, and to be able to share all of that knowledge with with, with the listeners and, and just share some of these beautiful places with listeners is, is a really great um, thing to be able to do in a way that you can't really do with video, and you can't really do with 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 copy. You know, I always say that um, podcasting is halfway between reading a book and, and watching a film, you know, you give people just a little bit of, of a clue of what something looks like or sounds like. And then their, their imagination does the rest. So, mm. you know, the, the, the places that people go to in our podcasts is probably even more incredible than the actual places that we record in because their their imagination's doing all the
4: work. Yeah, fantastic. We do try to give people a point of entry into podcasts, particularly when there's a big back catalogue like yours. You've mentioned a couple of good episodes in there already, but is there one particular episode that you think people should absolutely go and listen to?
5: Yeah, I think uh, Operation Hillside is a really good episode um, because it is the kind of thing that we like to do—like really dig deep into subject matter and, and tell stories that are really surprising about the National Trust. It's one that I can't tell you too much about because that would be a big spoiler. But it—it's—it's um, it's a really interesting story, and it's a story about something that you probably know, but in a very different way. And I think um, you know, one of the assistant producers that I worked with went to um some really deep depths to find archive material and things and uh so it's just a really it's a really rich listen so i'd say that's probably a really great one for people to start with
4: yeah beautiful and uh lastly where can listeners find out more about yourself and the national trust and the national trust <laughs> podcast
5: i mean all the places that you uh, listen to podcasts uh you can find kind of the National Trust podcast, but we also have some other series. So, uh, People's Landscapes, 50% Renewable, a few others. Uh, so, you can find those at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts.
4: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today and being my first interviewee on the Pod Bible <laughs> podcast.
0: There we go. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, Hopefully, Fran will be back on future episodes. In fact, Fran was here talking about On the Outside, which is um, Fran's sort of outside adventure podcast. Uh, When was that? That was back on episode 97 of the Pod Bible podcast, if you want to go and hear all about Fran's pod. Um, Anyway, thank you once again, Fran. Let's finish things off with another podcast talking all about their show. We've got two hosts of the brand new True crime podcast that's making waves. It is Carol and Lauren from Blue Murder Club.
1: Okay, Carol, Lauren, tell me all about Blue Murder Club.
6: Hello, Stuart. Thanks for having us on. Hey.
1: Tell me all about the podcast. Oh,
7: it's a True Crime Podcasts. Okay. Carol had the brainwave, didn't you, Carol, of trying to put it out there because we're so passionate about true crime podcasts. So yeah, we uh we know a lot about nothing mm. but a lot about true crime. <laughs> yeah, so I think at first we was a bit naive, wasn't we? Yeah, and then we um...
6: yeah, well yeah, I phoned you up one morning, didn't on my way to work, and I yeah. was like, no, you fancy <laughs> having a go at true crime? <laughs> other people are doing it. Why don't we have a go? I thought. We can do that,
7: and I'm all in every time. And so
6: everyone, like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, everyone loves Lauren because Lauren's <laughs> full of enthusiasm, eager. But
1: that's one, all right, the, <laughs> That's one of the lovely things about podcasting, isn't it? That you don't have to have a background in radio or broadcasting. Mm-hmm. You can just press record and and, yeah, and have a go and, and have a go. And I think it's a wonderful thing. How did you sort of work out? Is there a specific sort of concept to the podcast is there is it just a deep dive into a into a case and how, how do you sort of go about each episode
6: well when we were discussing our usp for our podcast because mm-hmm. there are quite a lot of true crime ones yeah lauren pointed out a lot of the ones that we listen to they don't tend to give their own opinions very much that it's very much factual a lot of the ones yeah. isn't it and it can be yeah. a bit dry yeah so your idea was to bring for us to bring to the table was we'll discuss it mm-hmm. and then talk about it and what Discuss what we think about it,
7: yeah, and what our views and opinions are, yeah, because a lot of them keep me wanting more. Like, what do mm, you think, though? Like, even though that's happened, Mm. how do you feel about it?
6: Yeah, especially if you get invested in a podcast and you Mm -hmm. listen to it every week and you start to feel like you need you know the Mm hosts, if they're not really giving a lot, it does leave you thinking, oh. Detached, yeah, yeah. a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good that you picked up on that. There are one or two where they do give their opinions Mm -hmm. and stuff, but on the whole, there aren't really no. So, that's what we kind of do, isn't it? We'll do our research, (laughs) yeah, and then we'll just um discuss it and be, yeah, we'll, I mean, have a listen and see what you think, but yeah, a lot of it is about what we think and how we feel about it. Mm
1: -hmm. One of the things that I did think was very unique, um, from listening to the first episode, tell us about your Six Degrees uh, from Kevin Bacon uh, feature. <laughs> because I, from what I'm aware, this features on every episode.
6: Yeah. Yeah, this, you're correct. This was another USP. We, we wanted more than one USP. <laughs> eager. This is really USP because I don't think anyone else does no, this. No, no. But we thought it would be quite fun, didn't we, to, mm-hmm. to lighten up the end of the show because some of our cases are pretty dark. Yeah, and we didn't want to leave it on a sour note, didn't mm, we? Exactly. But we was like, oh, so what can you do? Like, tell a joke. I mean, what can you do to put everyone in a good mood? And then we just come up with the game that people used to play of the six degrees of of separation to Kevin Bacon. And we just thought it was really funny, didn't we? Yeah, loved the idea. And every week when we do a show, we probably put more... and research into that part (laughs) than anything else because it takes bloody ages. It does. Again, we bit off a
7: bit more than we could chew with that one. But yeah, yeah, it's a good little...
6: Neither of us have watched any Kevin Bacon films. (laughs) No,
7: that's the problem. (laughs) I've been in Footloose.
6: (laughs) Uh, I haven't even seen Footloose. Oh, God. So I really struggle. (laughs) But it is good. It is fun. And it does leave you on a bit of a happy note at the end of every episode.
1: That's good because you touched on something there where you said that, you know, it can be quite dark. So how have you found spending hours of time doing the prep for these episodes like doing these dives into Mm. you know these truly horrific people like how have you found that torture
7: absolutely it brings us down i think Mm. one of our episodes there was one in particular yeah was one particular fritzel we were both really depressed that week really bad really down in the dumps i thought how are we even going to record this because we were so in our own heads about it Yeah. Um, yeah I I know once
6: we'd finished recording it, I said to you, Mm -hmm. thank God that's over, so I never have to think about that dickhead ever again. Yeah,
7: Yeah, it was just, it was awful. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, the thing is, I love a bit of true crime, but even when we are doing our main episodes, I can't then go and listen to a true crime podcast, and I can't, yeah, put myself in that world because I'm already there, I'm already down, so I have to watch something a bit comedic or Mm -hmm. listen to... Some other ep- podcasts that make me laugh just yeah. to bring myself back up. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. It is. It is hard. For some of the episodes, and we've already said we're not willing to cover any cases that involve children mm. as well because yeah. we just we're nah. too, we're a bit too soft for that. We're too wuss, isn't we? Yeah. Can't, there's plenty. There's plenty of. There's plenty of choice. Mm-hmm. Don't involve kids. So mm-hmm. we're just going to do that. But yeah, the Fritzel case was much far harder. Yeah.
1: We've well, touched on Fritzel there, and I, I know by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, the first series should be sort of midway through the first series, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, and
6: yeah, we're doing six four episodes for our first series.
1: So, uh, on that first series, who who can we expect to hear cases about?
6: So we've got um, Charles Sobhraj, the serpent, Israel Keys, the methodical killer. Yep, and we've got. Jack, Jack the Ripper, Ripper who everyone yep. knows. We loved doing
7: that, didn't yeah, we? That he was, was good. That was our favourite, I think, yeah. by far, because because it's so detached from our timeline. Yeah. Mm. You can dig deep. Yeah. You can speculate, because we still don't know, but we've got a great spin-off of that as well, haven't we? So, yeah, yeah. it really was a good little one to do. We've got um, Tracy Andrews.
6: Yeah, the road rage killer. Mm. The backpack killer. Yeah, murdering the outback, uh, Bradley... Mm.
7: Oh, my God. Uh, Bradley yeah. Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Fritzel. Yeah. yeah. I think the Essex. yeah. <coughs> Wonderful. And what were some of the podcasts that you were listening to that sort of, you know, led you to think, oh, do you know what? We can have a crack at this. I could murder a podcast.
6: Yeah, that's the only one I listen to, really. And that's
1: what I drink. I love that one, too.
7: Yeah. Um, That's an American one. Yeah. And I also listen to They Walk Among Us. Yeah. So They Walk Among Us is very factual, very yeah. one-note. I Could Murder is a bit more cheerful Mm. and they have a giggle. Sounds
1: cheerful by the title. Oh,
7: yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So I alternate between the two. So um, because if you listen to, I think, one, you get quite downtrodden, same as what I was talking about the research. But, yeah, so you just alternate them and it's a bit easier to listen to.
1: So have you you found the experience from, you know, being, you know, at Pop we love the fact that, People completely embrace the DIY aspect of just getting out there and creating podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, how have you found the whole experience of recording your first podcast and getting everything put together and, and, and releasing the stuff? Because we, re, we should also state that at uh, the time of recording this is actually launch day. We're recording yes. this episode on, yep. <laughs> on launch day. The serpent is out today. Uh, I've listened to the episode; it's wonderful. But how have you found like the the, the, the idea of sort of tucking yourself away in a room and, and recording a podcast nerve wracking? Really?
7: Yeah, the first day me and Carol looked at each other and thought, oh, should, should we put it off a we couple of weeks? Up, <laughs> we? we nearly give up, yeah we? nearly give up. I was like, what are we doing? Why do we think we can do this? Yeah. Because it's much harder. The research is mm-hmm. much harder than you think. And I'm so scared of tripping up. I've got dyspraxia and dyslexia, so my words never come out right anyway. So um, just talking to you says we are mm. i'm nervous because i don't know what's going to come out my mouth my brain <laughs> says it but my mouth doesn't sometimes well
1: everything that come out your mouth on the episode i listened to was <laughs> was fantastic um what can people <laughs> expect sort of moving forwards is there going to be an episode uh, sorry a series two
6: yeah, we're oh, working on please, series two at the yeah. moment, aren't we? We've yeah. already got our short list of our fives. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably make it a bit longer. We thought we'd start series one with just six. Yeah, but just I, I, a I, I should imagine we'll probably do a couple more mm-hmm. once we get in the swing of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll should get we better use- at it and...
0: <laughs> Maybe watch a few
6: Kevin Bacon films. Yeah, <laughs> Jump in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Only known from the EE adverts. Oh, yeah. Well, there is that. <laughs> yeah, I did watch Tremors when it came out back in the day, but that was about 30 years ago. Oh. So I don't know who else was in it. We do need to have a bit of a movie night, I think. Yeah. Watch it, watch you things. love a horror. Have you seen Hollow Man? Yeah, again, but when it come out. Oh, okay. So it was so long ago, I've forgotten it. Oh. <laughs>
1: All right, girls, well, I imagine that the podcast is available in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And as well as that, moving forwards, we're seeing so many um, podcasts. I know that you've listened to Drunk Women Solving Crime who are are friends of the podcasters, friends of Pop Bible as well. I know they've done live shows. Is Mm -hmm. that something that you'd consider further down the line?
7: Oh, God, if our nerves can handle it, then yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Just see how we go. We're plodding along, aren't we? Just hoping... Yeah. Yeah, just it's really enjoyable. We're really getting mm-hmm. our teeth into it, aren't we?
6: Yeah, definitely. We've already lined up a couple of um, special guests for things like that. So I suppose that's the next step to doing a live show yeah. Yeah. would be recording a podcast with a guest, mm-hmm. see how that goes. And then we'll see um, how, the, how the rest of it pans out. Yeah. Really? You need to have a big fan base, don't you, to have live shows and oh, stuff definitely. like that? And
7: obviously, we've only just started. <laughs> we'll just do cutouts of us and just put them in the audience. It'll be fun. <laughs> or, or
1: cutouts of serial killers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that oh, one.
7: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like
1: it. <laughs> that would be an intimidating audience, wouldn't yeah,
7: it? Yeah, I don't think I'd come out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks ever so much, girls, and best of luck with the podcast. Oh, thank
6: thank you. you. Thanks for having us on. Cheers.
0: Thank you so much, Carol and Lauren. And thank you, Stu, once again. I didn't do any of the interviewing this week. But that's all right. You get plenty enough of me as it is. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a regular episode where we'll have uh, have our normal recommendations as well as a fantastic podcaster talking about their show. Um, in the meantime, podbiblemag.com is where you need to go if you want to uh, read loads of extra articles and editorial and top five lists and All kinds of good stuff, uh, as well as the back catalogue of magazines being available. You can also get in touch with us. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter and all that good stuff. Um, We are part of the ACAST Creator Network, which is always a pleasure. And Buddy Peace, the man, the legend, um, is producer, editor of the pod. Fantastic man. Um, Thank you once again to Buddy. Uh, We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to the PVP. We'll catch you later.